Welcome back, Freedom Junkies, to another episode of Freedom Junkie Radio. Today, we have Stephen Broughton with us, all the way from London. Stephen was working at IBM until last fall, and he's going to explain a little bit about why he quit his job, but he has started a, an organization called HATS, which stands for Hardcore Awakened Truth Seekers. And we came across each other on Telegram and decided that we needed to have a discussion. And so, Stephen, welcome to, to Freedom Junkie Radio. Hey, Betsy. Pleasure to be here. Love your podcasts and what you're doing for the truth and for people all over the world tuning in. And um, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. And um, thanks for having me. Well, it's my pleasure. And I'm, I'm so grateful that, you, that you're here. So the, the things that I really want to talk about and just get hit hard right from the beginning here are why you started HATS and what your plan is, where you want it to go and, and what, 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 what that's all about. And then I yep. know that you, since you're seeking the truth and um, you're finding it yep. and you've, you've uh, dug under some rocks of human trafficking. I wanted to know what's going on in that regard for you. And then the transhumanism thing that you've mentioned, very important topics right now. And then, so I wanna talk about hats and those two topics in particular. And then I wanna get a little boots on the ground in London, what's going on. So introduce yourself a little bit and, and tell us why you started hats and what your plan is for it. Well, HATS is a global community of truth seekers that come together to share information, but it's also a support network for truth seekers starting their journey for the truth and people that are maybe awake for many years coming together to help one another and to make sure that um, the people out there in the world get the real facts and information as opposed to what the mainstream media are pushing out. Um, I started this organization with a clear plan it was to make sure that uh, every voice is heard and that there's a lot of uh, we live in a highly polarized political time at the moment where the left and the right aren't talking to each other but they can both be truth seekers right so on the left and the right we find people that just kind of want the facts um but they're not talking to each other because of their political ideologies um but there's a lot of people in the middle of those spectrums that maybe don't have much of um, a political view, but want the truth regardless. So HATS does brings a lot of people together across the world to share um, things that are going on now, thing, why things are going on now, the, the backstory to those events and the current events we live in now, but also to make sure that um, there can be progress made on the ground in real life. Um, so we try to work, we partner with a lot of organizations in the UK that are protesting or organizing in communities because we feel that we can use a lot of the online community into real life. And um, I suppose it's what's great to see about HATS. And by the way, just shout out to everyone in HATS, HATTERS across the world and um, the great management team that we have here to put it all together. Because it's not just me, it's the whole team of people. Um, What's great to see is that we're all getting now different perspectives of around the world. So now we're realizing that this whole 
um, situation we face us in humanity is actually a global thing. So anything that's happening in Colombia, the US, the UK is that actually we're all feeling the same way. And there's a lot of things we can learn about each other and what works, what doesn't work to make progress, I guess. Um, and um, so we started this, I started this in October last year. Um, I, uh, I just felt that there was a lot of uh, con divide and conquer being in this truth movement as it is now. Um, and I felt that there needed to be kind of just a place where people could all come from all different parts of the spectrum, I suppose. So that's why it started and it's just grown from strength to strength. We have a large presence on Telegram um, and um, we, we do our best to try and get the right information out. Okay, so the what are the most important things that you've come across in hardcore awakened truth seekers? Well, I've been awake for many years and kind of it ramped up for me in the last couple, uh, few years, I guess, uh, because I was independently researching. I didn't have a community support network, but I suppose one of the things I've noticed from HATS is um, just the sheer willingness from people to kind of do things to support each other that are facing um, problems in their day-to-day -day lives and also that some of this information that we're seeing together so it's a journey right so everyone is seeing lots of information and some of it is quite dark and it's that emotional support that we're giving each other I think that is helping people on their journey but also to um, create something better for the future so I suppose one of the things I'm seeing is that strangers are meeting for the first time all over the world with a common purpose for humanity and that's what's really important to me and important to HATS. And it's what we try to do and encourages our culture that we've built in and our ethos is really about empowerment, love and light, obviously, but coming together as a collective across the world to, to actually take that energy into real life situations. And I think that's what we're starting to do now. Well, because we really need, we need solutions. We've got, like you said, these dark things that we've come across that are hard to look at, that most of us will experience cognitive dissonance the first time we come across, or maybe even the second or third. Uh, do you know who Laura Logan is? She's a, um, a reporter from South Africa. She's a journalist. She's one of, uh, she's a true journalist. She worked for 60 minutes for 15 years. And then she left the mainstream propaganda industry and she lives here in Texas now and she spends a lot of time on the border and she's so she's such a, a well-established journalist that she's in with the cartels. She can go talk with cartel leaders. And I went and saw her speak a couple weeks ago. And what she's telling us is that our border is absolutely 100% open. There are uh, people pouring in it's all controlled by the cartels they're in bed with all with the people here that control things and and the the human trafficking is the part of it that is so uh, mind-blowing to her and that it's so rampant so we were talking to a friend of ours about this just a unassuming acquaintance friend and we told her what laura logan had said that 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 the human trafficking that's going on in Texas is, is huge. It could be happening next door and you'd never know it. And our friend looked at us and said, I don't believe it. Yeah. She said, right. we'd know. Yeah. And there well, it is. Yeah. It, it, it's all around us. And as you said, it, it's really hard for people that aren't maybe researching this stuff to actually 
see it and actually understand how big the scale of it is. And um, that's why I think it's important that, and what I think one of the hardest things for people on the truth journey, I guess, is, is that final stumbling block. It's the child trafficking and it's the human trafficking. And that's why I think it's really important that we have to know that stuff. Of course we do, but we have to then kind of come together as a global community, I guess, because it's a global problem. And as you say, your friend couldn't believe it because it's on her doorstep, right? And it's it's so prevalent. And But you don't see it because you're not seeing it in your everyday life. A lot of people are working, they're going to nine to fives. Um, they're not seeing it in their daily life. They're not affected directly. And um, so they just think, oh yeah, that's just conspiracy. When actually it's true, we've seen it. There's video evidence of this. Um, whistleblowers have come out who work at these um, these kind of like refugee camps type things, and also the people themselves who have been trafficked are coming forward and, and testifying against that. So, you know, I've partnered with an organisation called SaveOurKids.org, for example, who are doing class action lawsuits in the US against this because of the scale. We can't fight this legal system on, a, on one or two individuals. We have to do it as a collective because obviously they have unlimited resources. So yeah, the pro it's really important to, to, to realize when you realize the scale of it, you would think, geez, this is a really small amount of, um, this is a really big problem. How can we tackle this? Because it's so big and it's like, well, there's more of us. So if we know about that, then we can do things together and things like community watches and, we can even go down to the borders and stuff like that and, and, and really um, hold our politicians to account. I mean, I know that they don't like accountability and they, they, they shun from that, but it is really important that if enough pressure is applied, then we can make changes because these politicians, whether it's US or UK, um, basically bow down to public opinion, whether we like it or, we, or whether they like it or they don't, they will bow down because ultimately they're about getting elected. So they do have, interests in the private sector and other organ and other you know interest financial interests whatever lobbying etc but if they can only keep those interests alive if the public are on side if everyone wants this guy out they get out so it's important that we raise this awareness um with our local politicians to make sure that um they understand that we're waking up and we're not tolerating this and, and we've had enough and by doing that they will they will feel that heat if they feel that heat, they'll have to do something. Um, but we need to not that even at that level, we need to remember that just by them saying, oh, yeah, we're going to deal with it. We need to really hold an account through that solution. We need them to be saying, well, show us daily or weekly evidence what you're doing. It's not good enough just to make a speech and say that we are going to do something. We need to see evidence based on what you're doing. We need to see facts based, factual based evidence of what steps you're taking to tackle this. Otherwise, like we've seen before, uh, people brush it under the carpet or they say something and then and then it, nothing gets done. And so it's important that we keep up the pressure at all times. Well, and so I think as far as the human trafficking issue goes, I've really thought about it. And I think that the most important, there's several really important things. And one being obviously awareness. Everyone needs to be aware of the sheer numbers of people that go missing every year. And then the stories of the survivors. It's it, so raising awareness, talking about it as much as possible is so important. Then I thought that where is the demand coming from for millions of people who now I know that what I've boiled it down to is there's two main uh, sources of demand. And 
when you for one makes sense. And to me, it's the porn industry. And, and those are the people on the street weirdos that would want to, to they're just extraordinarily perverted in many ways. And that, so there's a demand being driven for that. I think that, that we as citizens could address the internet porn issue. Yeah. Um, people call it, uh, uh, in America, a First Amendment right that it's free speech, but it's not speech. It's propaganda, and it is uh, a drug, and that's not speech. So I don't think well, it should be protected. It's and the other demand. Go ahead. It's an attack on the family. Um, born is. It's been. It the re, if you really want to kind of go back to it's invent. It's a cultural Marxism that is uh, rampant at the moment in the Western world that's being allowed to flourish because of um, corporations, but also there's a, an ideology behind it as well, which is to create kind of some kind of individualistic consumerist um, society rather than strong family values. And so that's one of the reasons why they, uh, I mean, one of the things I always say to people is, why do you think porn's free? It's, it's <laughs> you know, if, it, if, it, if they were about, if it was all about profit, they'd charge people, right? It's because it's free and accessible. Um, there's there's an ideology behind it for sure well then the other um demand that i that i've come across is this thing that sounds crazy but people can research it the luciferian uh satanism that goes on that a lot of our politicians and people that we look up to are a part of so we can't expect them to change that and so well, there's the, the, the Satanist, it, 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 it's rife. I think what we should remember, though, is, yes, it's rife. However, the people get trafficked in lots of capacities, and some of them for the porn industry, some of it's for Satanism, rituals, whatever you want to call them. Some of them is just for slavery. Some of them is just for, um, I'm not, there's, there's a whole range of issues. The people trafficking is a lucrative business, remember, so the traffickers themselves cash in on, vulnerable exploited people um so it, it is there is satanism for sure however i don't I think it's too easy i think people just put it all on that when actually that's part of it but it's part of a massive there's lots and lots of reasons why it goes on but the same people are behind it so whether it's for the porn industry or for satanist rituals or for um profit even and to empower criminal gangs it's still got it's it, it's a major issue and, but it's the same people pulling the strings. Well, so I think there's a group of us that are gonna come together in Texas and discuss what we can do as citizens because per personally, the friends that I have here that we've been trying to get some real uh, action taken, we do work on our legislation. We do go work on our legislators but we're also taking it into our own hands because the citizens are who control this country, not our government. And so um, anything that private citizens and private groups can do is, is huge. So um, now you, you mentioned to me before we started rolling that you, I'm going to go ahead and move on to the next, uh, the transhumanism. You mentioned that you quit your job with IBM because you were concerned about this. Let us know a little bit about that concern as well. I was in IBM. I was working as a, an account manager for a large project in AI um, up until last year. And um, I just, 
just decided to change everything because I see how this is being rolled out, the transhumanist agenda. Okay. And uh, ethically, it poised a question that I just wasn't comfortable with. So, um, sorry, just move my there. So basically, it was like um, I had to make a choice. Do I want to work in a corporation that's pushing and peddling um, transhumanism? Or do I want to do something for people? Um, so I just did, decided to just uh, throw myself into this uh, movement and, um, you know, kept obviously kept working, but didn't obviously have the, the job I was doing. I did that, like, you know, manual labor, basically. But it was fine. It was just, um, I think I just had to take a stand against um, what I was working towards with IBM. So I worked at IBM uh, on a project involving transhumanism, basically. It's called Watson. Um, it's a cloud technology that's uh, designed to uh, create algorithms itself so that it's basically, a, it's basically it's deep learning, machine learning, and it's designed to, um, well, I, it's designed to do diagnostics, they claim, in the medical fields and, it, and a wider across different industries such as manufacturing. But what we quickly learned is, and it's about, it's connected to what's going on now with, with COVID and um, this whole idea that we are going to fuse with, with machines, basically, or technology. And for me, it was an ethical question because for me, fundamentally, spiritually, that goes against my beliefs. And I don't think human nature should be fusing with synthetics. Um, and actually, it, the synthetic agenda, the AI is part of synthetic programming. But it's actually part of cybernetics as well. So again, it's this idea with Neuralink and other programs we've seen that it's about connecting technology into uh, human bodies. And AI and Watson was different to that. It was about um, the the, tech, the cloud technology predicting your um, your issues. It could be for medical purposes, but it could be designed to um, give you suggestions about maybe what you're thinking <laughs> eventually because it's at it's in a very it's still it's been developed but it's still in early phases and um, so I just profoundly disagree with that whole thing and so I decided that this wasn't for me um, and so I moved on from that and created hats but obviously I'm still um, working at the moment just obviously I couldn't work in that industry okay <clears throat> so I want to know, a tr you are in London. I want to know what the, what's going on in the street. What's the real news? We know what we hear, but we don't trust what we hear. So what, what how's London? Well, we are mobilizing in the UK, I think. I mean, we go, we have a large um, protest movement here, a large activist base. Um, shout out to my friend, uh, Activist Toolbox. We're giving people um empowerment to become activists and we are really mobilizing here i mean we have a million people out on the streets in london they will never say that on the mainstream media they'll say it's, it's ten thousand, but just by what we see on the ground and the amount of people that come it's it's well into the hundreds of thousands if not millions so for us it's really gaining momentum they're trying to downplay it but it, it, the cat's out of the bag uh, as far as that's concerned there's the general feeling is I guess there's a split in there's a split in society here so the people there's a lot of people that are um, still asleep fast asleep and then there's the people that are uh, awake and awakening. However, I think one of the game changes that I'm noticing here in the last 
kind of few months, I guess, is it, people that are awake are actually doing stuff and actually making their voices heard now. They've had enough. We've been promised um, to come out of lockdown this month on the 21st. Um, now they're delaying it, which we expected because of a variant, a bogus variant that they've come out with. And uh, the general consensus amongst the truth movement is we need to, if this isn't getting through, then we need to really start getting offline and actually doing things in our communities and, and actually um, doing stuff. So there's things like newspapers, like the light paper that we have here, that's really trying to spread the truth um, to people, everyday citizens. So there's a lot going on. There's still a lot of people that don't want to wake up potentially because it's too hard to, and they want to kind of hope that the government's going to save them and they can continue going traveling and holidays, etc. But the reality is, as we know, the, the agenda is, is comprehensive. It's, it's a new normal they're trying to create. And we, the people here in the UK, are mobilizing. And it's not just in the UK, it's across Europe as well. Um, I mean, we've got a history of rebellion in Europe with our kings and you know royal families and stuff. So we don't take BS from our authority as much. But we, we really are trying to um, reach out to as many people as possible. Um, which is really, which is really good, um, but there's still a lot to do, and the narrative's changing. It's like if because a lot of people, are, our vaccine figures are high. I mean, we we're the top five for vaccines. So the idea that so if the idea would be if you're if you've had a vaccine, you would be immune, right? So then why would we still have social distancing? Why would we still need to wear masks if the vaccine's effective? And so now we need to now people are starting to think. Well, hang on. I've just been vaxxed. Why am I still having to wear masks in shops? Uh, is this was this was supposed to be our our savior? And so there's people that are conf we're in a, there's the, some people in who are asleep are starting to become confused because they think they're being lied to potentially. And we're now having to tell them that's true. <laughs> you have been lied to, and it's been and this was always the plan. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, the vaccine rollout in the UK has been effective. It's, it's been successful because obviously we're a smaller nation, we're a small country, and it's easier to pull resources together for a vaccine rollout. So, but now I think that um, now people have been vaxxed and they're still not getting their freedoms. I think we're going to see a ramp up in um, frustration and, and hopefully that translates to direct action on the ground. Well, so are you guys currently under lockdown? You said till the 21st? Yep. Or well, we've kind of we've had different levels of lockdown. So obviously, when we first COVID started, when they started to um, put us into lockdown, it was it was a hard lockdown. We now have things open and shops are open and stuff, but there's still it's no way near what it was before. Um, certain there's still measures in place, and so um, we were told categorically that we would be out of that by the twenty first. And they've done this a lot because they keep bringing out fake variants um so people were really hoping for this and it was kind of built up and i think they've now they've taken and that's part of the agenda as well betsy it's about psychologically trying to take things away from getting people's hopes up taking it away so they get so downtrodden and depleted of positivity because we see the light at the end of the tunnel and and it's like it gets taken again so how many times people they're trying to like grind us down psychologically as well and i think that's really cruel obviously to be expected 
but now it's time to try and, and take things into our own hands. And, and there's a lot of people, I guess, in the UK that are just opening their shops and not bothering with masks. And that's fair play to them. And, and, and that's really good to see um, because no one really has a right to manage your private property. If you're a business owner, it's down to you to decide legally with of course but it's your time it's you decide when you can open up and when you close if you're not breaking the law and you're a law-abiding citizen you should be able to trade like everyone else so yeah we're seeing a lot of, i mean how are things in the us i mean I, I hear kind of we we see lots of different things in different states um so it depends i guess well, I know that where we in Texas, things are fantastic and they yeah. have been. Um, I live in one of the um, most sheep like cities in Texas, but I live outside of the city in the in the county. And I haven't worn a mask except for when I flew on an airplane um, in nine months and I won't. So I won't go anywhere where I have to. But I mean, we are wide open and free. The people who know who've known all along, who did the research at the beginning that masks only cause viruses to uh, spread more than, I mean, they, they don't, because nobody uses masks properly. Uh, they touch them and then they touch the doorknob or they touch the keyboard or they, they shake hands with you, whatever, you know, they touch the food. Um, masks don't keep viruses from spreading. In fact, they spread them. So those of us who knew that just, we've been hugging and, and getting together and life's been really wonderful because we've found the other people that want freedom so badly that we, we did the research and, and realized that masks weren't a good idea. Then what also, then that opens up a rabbit hole because you recognize that, hmm, maybe, those that govern us, if you hadn't already detected it, uh, maybe those that govern us aren't truthful and have another agenda. Um, I don't know if the people in, in England are as aware of Agenda 21 as we are over here and how that's just rolling out. When we, I see the United States as being, with the jig is up. As far as I can tell, um, I don't know everywhere. I went to Colorado, it was, it's been a while. And they were super masky and, and you could get fined for having people over. But then we went to Florida and they're just all up in each other's business with no masks and they don't care. And nobody's getting sick and nobody's dead in the street and life is wonderful. So I'm, when I hear about the lockdowns in other countries, I just wonder, like you said, the people are waking up and starting to have had enough, but, I heard just this morning that the EU is is rolling out their uh, their vaccine passport, and that'll never happen here. Well, our governor in Texas, he just he just passed something. I don't know what kind of law it was that says they can never have a, a vaccine passport here. That that is unconstitutional here, and. I, the people here are standing up for their rights in a way that we've never done before. I mean, well, not since 1776, you know, so when we had to like kick you guys to the curb. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, um, so I'm, I feel for whenever I hear there's a lockdown, I just feel so sorry for those people because people are free. We have human rights, we have natural rights. 
and no one can lock you down. I don't care if everyone is dying in the street, you know, so things well, are good. I think, Texas, I think Texas has always been a slightly different state because I've been, I actually did a road trip in Texas in 2017 and I love Texas. So I uh, did Corpus Christi and San Antonio and Austin and um, uh, I did even Brown, I flew to Brownsville actually. And then I went through there and uh, north to San Antonio, Austin, Corpus Christi, Houston, that's it. And that's actually, really interesting. Stopped, stopped, off in, stopped off in South Padre Island for a bit. That, for a bit. You know what, Stephen? That's amazing because most Europeans, when they come, they go to New York City and they go to the Grand Canyon and then like California and they miss Texas altogether. So, Well, Texas is bigger than the UK. So when you go, you go there, you think it's like a county in the UK. It's like a huge place. Uh, but it's absolutely fantastic. And the people are amazing there. Um, and I do think that Texas has always had that kind of strength in its people. I think that, you know, there's even an independence movement in Texas. So, you know, they really do not like the, well, there's an anti-federal government kind of a, uh, feeling, I suppose. And it's really about the state level. Whereas if you go to um, like New York, for example, it's much less of that. Mm -hmm. um, and not even in California as well it's kind of they're more I mean there are pockets of that but generally the, there's a, a pro-government or pro-federal some places especially in like LA and New York um, but it is great to see Texas standing up and being counted and um, I don't think they'd ever be able to roll out a, a, like you said I don't think they'd ever be able to roll out a COVID passport in Texas this wouldn't people wouldn't tolerate that we're actually it's interesting you say about your your rights because in the UK, we've got a uh, organization that's talking about something called common law, which is um, our forgotten rights because we have maritime law like you guys do in the States, but we actually have our constitution as well. And common law is actually um, our right to the land. Basically it's our do no harm laws. So as long as I'm not infringing on you in any way aggressively, then bygones be bygones. Um, that's actually a, a common law. It's actually a real legal system here, but it's been forgotten and it's not been taught in school. So people are now starting to go back into the history of England and the UK wide more widely and actually go, hang on, there are these rights that we had. Oh, but they just took them away from us. <laughs> so now we need to get them back, right? Um, and actually there's nothing they can do because it's still enshrined in our legal system. So although they do have maritime on top of it, um, Common law always trumps maritime law if you go back into the records and because it's your sovereign spiritual right to the land that you're on and actually it governs you, um, it protects you from a tyrannic state, a bit like your constitution, but we've forgotten ours, so now we're learning it again. Um, I mean, and I think that there's a lot going on, there's a lot of positivity in the US as well, I mean I've seen the, and the people going on to shops without masks on and mosquitoes, we call them here. Um, but there's a lot going on and it's maybe just, maybe not mobilizing in the same way that the UK is, but then we are a small, compact, densely populated country, so it's probably easier. Um, and we are polarized. We had a Brexit vote a couple of years ago that dragged out and we were divided by that. But I think in America it is a lot more like pro-Trump and the whole anti-Trump thing is, is much, much bigger and deeper than and it affects kind of every layer of society. Whereas in the UK, it's like, well, we, we kind of put our differences beside them. We still have our differences clearly, but they're not as strongly on the identity politics isn't as strong, I guess. 
have you seen a documentary called The Social Dilemma on Netflix? I haven't actually. No, I haven't seen that. I highly recommend it to you and to anyone who's listening. We just watched it the other night with our kids and it's very eye-opening. You know, every documentary has agendas and um, one, one of the underlying agendas I didn't agree with, but it was quite obvious that if you don't agree with the, the mainstream that you're a conspiracy theorist, but if you can just let that one go aside and listen to what these um, programmers from Silicon Valley that are coming out, they're kind of like whistleblowers. They came out and, and it's the AI that runs what you see when you're on Facebook, when you're on Instagram, or when you Google something. And that's why no, no one should be using Google because it's very nefarious. It's um, choosing what you should see for you. And so it's not an open search, but those three in particular, Facebook and Google are the worst. Um, they are, they've divided entire countries on purpose because we're easier to control. So the whole Trump thing, if it, if social media hadn't existed, he wouldn't have been such a polarizing figure because people wouldn't have been bombarded with this. He's a white supremacist thing when the other half of the country is only seeing he's this great guy. And, um, it's and 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 then the two sides look at each other like they're crazy like aren't they paying attention to what's on facebook but you're being shown two completely different things i don't participate in facebook so i didn't get that and i don't use google so i find my own information and that's one of the things i really like about telegram nothing is chosen for you you choose what it is you're looking at and um like when you're on instagram they will put things in order for you to see that will manipulate how long you'll stay and um what else you'll look at and not on telegram you're choosing what you look at and it it comes up in order so you can choose to look at it or not and there's no advertising which i'm confused about i don't know if they're magnanimous or if uh, they're going to add that later, I don't know. But um, we were talking about division in England and here in the United States. And you were saying that it's, it seems to be worse here. And yeah, it's, it's, I didn't realize it was because of social media. I didn't realize that was why we all felt it. We're like, you know, we've, there's always been two parties, which is always been a problem because they've been <laughs> in cahoots the whole, you know, the whole time. But yeah. um, we, we, we saw this polarization in our parties like that we don't remember with our parents, your next door neighbor, you didn't even know who they voted for when you were a kid. And now everybody's all, oh, you voted for that person. I can't even talk to you. So they did this on purpose. And we, the people have to recognize that 95% of what we have as humans is in common. We love our children. We want good education for our children. We want clean food and clean water and clean air. And none of us were asked when we were, if it was okay, if they put fluoride in the water, none of us were asked if it was okay, if they sprayed chemicals in the sky, none of us were asked if it was okay, if Monsanto took over the world, the global food supply, and they sprayed everything with glyphosate. None of yeah. us, you know, they, this has happened. And so the people have to become aware. And so that's why I'm really fascinated by your group, the hardcore awakened truth seekers. It's about coming back together, I think, and learning the truth, the ugly, ugly truth. And we're the ones 
that can change it. There's nobody else. We can't look and think, oh, somebody's going to do something about it. It's us. Yes, exactly. And you're totally right there. And the old, I was going to say the oldest trick in the book that the elites play is divide and conquer. So that's why they've done this. And it's kind of been, um, they play on that, uh, that play on that division clearly to roll out future agendas. What I would say as well is hats is all was founded value is above the left right paradigm. We're about bringing people together and realizing that it's a divide and conquer strategy, but also to just present factual information. So whether you're a left person or a right person, you're getting sprayed on by chemtrails. So <laughs> there's things that are above ideology because we're so divided and the media plays on that. And even in the alternative media, they play on that because like, you know, there's all right media outlets. There's kind of more liberal, I guess, media outlets that are all that claim to be alternative. I suppose what Hatch does is it goes, well, we actually want to talk to you guys because we're all getting sprayed on. There's GMOs in the food and, um, you know, they're rolling out a new world order. So it's going to affect all of us in our daily lives. So um, and it's really about mobile. And that's that's really the foundation. One of the core values of Hatch, I think, is is it's actually that um, we will talk to the other side because we've all been played on and we've all been programmed and we've all been worked on in different ways through education and media. So let's just unite. And yes, there's going to be differences. Of course there is. But on core issues and big things that affect all of us and our kids, like you say, and our future families, we've got to do something. Um, and so being in this tunnel vision, like I'm right and I want to win the argument. And that's where I think a lot of people are right now. It's like, I just want to be right and I want to win the argument. I'm not bothered about affecting change. I just want to be right. So when, when HAPS is about bringing people together and um, that's what we're, we're doing and it's great to see. Well, I'm wondering if I come back to Agenda 21 again and Agenda 2030, because if people aren't aware of what that is, they need to go read a synopsis of it and understand yeah. basically what's going on. Because decades ago, when this was implemented in the 90s, the idea was, and they say it in Agenda 21, if you read it, and yeah. That, that they were going, the plan was to infiltrate on the local level, the entire world, our yep. local uh, school boards and city councils and our, our judges and our police forces and our medicine. And it's a basically a communist takeover of the entire world to create a world global government in which no one will have any rights. And so if you know that, and you, one of the things that people can start doing and that we're talking about over here, and I wonder if y'all are talking about it over there, is taking those things back. People need to go join the city councils and, and join their school boards and start, start creating the curriculums that your children should be learning, not the crap that's being taught. I don't know if, if it's being taught in London like it is here. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, they've got um, they've got puberty blockers. They're trying to get puberty blockers into the schools. I'm not totally up to date with that, but I know that's an agenda. The what um, blockers? The what? Puberty blockers for kids. Oh yeah, if they want to yeah. be yeah, a crazy transgender. Yeah, and remember, transgender is transhumanism, right? It's all part of that trans. The whole trans is a wider spectrum. But yeah, there's a lot of toxicity in schools for kids. They're brainwashing them into this critical race theory, for example which I don't agree with and I think it's fundamentally wrong. Um, but um, they're playing, also they're kind of embracing this trend. They're gonna embrace this whole 
technology is good, nature is bad agenda, where it's like, just trust the technology and trust humans. Don't just go into nature and explore yourselves. And, and actually nature has a lot of answers, I believe. Um, the kids now, they're being brainwashed into thinking the way they want them to think, which has always been, a, there's always been an agenda in schools that's not like Britain, there hasn't been. But now I feel it's, and a lot of people are saying that it's accelerating that and it's totally unacceptable. So for example, there's a huge movement in the UK is homeschooling now, and actually communities coming together to homeschool. Um, and that's really good because people think, oh, that's gonna make the child lonely. It's not because you're bringing other parents into this to create the curriculum and actually bring the communities together. We need to go back into our communities, I think, and go, we've been all worked on, um, but yeah, and at the end of the day, we live in a community regardless of what they're trying to do. So we need to try and create solutions ourselves and not rely on the state. And actually, what was something I've always said about is um, parallel societies, basically communities taking autonomous decisions themselves for the good of the community. And there is a huge movement for that off grid, et cetera. But more widely, there's a, just a sense that we can work together in a more productive way, regardless of these divides. But yeah, the homeschooling is a really positive um, agenda and um, not a choice on agenda, it's a really positive uh, movement here that's grassroots, it's real, it's organic, it's authentic. And it's really great to see parents empowered like this to teach their children themselves, get them in nature and give them a whole new education. Yeah, it's great. Well, I'm a veteran homeschooler. It's all we've ever done. I have a 15-year-old <laughs> and 11-year-old and we yeah. homeschooled them from the get-go because when I was in my 20s, I was a... Um, uh, my profession was a private music teacher. I taught violin, fiddle, mandolin, and guitar at home, private lessons. And I had about 30 students and half of them were homeschooled. And I remember the first time I heard of homeschooling, I thought that the parents sounded crazy, <laughs> but the kids were amazing. The kids looked me in the eye. They did what I asked them to do. They worked harder. They were uh, head and shoulders above the rest. I just noticed yeah. that and put it away in my head. And then when I had kids, when, when our first child turned four and the idea of him going to school was kind of coming up, my husband and I thought, e even at that point, it felt like throwing him to the lions if we sent him to school. So we've been navigating the homeschool community this whole time for over a decade. And it's amazing. The homeschool community here, it's been no good since COVID. We, everything's been shut down. But you know, when you think of humanity, in the hundreds of thousands or millions of years that we've been around, we don't really know how long that's been. I don't think there's a consensus there, but for all of those thousands and thousands and thousands of years, there was no school. People taught their children what was important. And we still yeah. do. If you think back to school, what do you remember? You remember what you enjoyed, what you were passionate about, and you remember standing in line and memorizing things and being a good student or being a bad student or being told you're a bad student or being told you're a good student when yeah. in reality life skills people skills um the basics of exactly. you know, and then if you have a kid who's really academic yeah you know then absolutely put them down that path but not every kid is so exactly you're totally right and it was leading on to the another point here is that with the education system being ramped up through COVID, what we're seeing is they're trying to almost make kids like robots. Like you say, they're trying to make them compliant because the future human's going to be needing to be compliant with this AI agenda. So 
in this new normal they keep banging on about and this build back better, which again is their new slogan, it's all about complying, complying, complying. And I think a lot of this, like I said, go back to my original point as well about psychological. I think it goes beyond, uh, you know, it go, it's part of that clearly, but it's about training people mentally for a system. So socially distancing, wearing masks, following the rules. And so they're trying to bring that into schools so that the children are being indoctrinated to do that as adults. And that feeds in nicely to the, um, into the AI uh, agenda because with AI, everything is very, very rigid. It's very, very black and white. There's no creativity. There's no real emotional empathy. It's, it's, it's about going to a fitting a block. It's like Tetris. It's like fitting blocks into a row, you know, and this is humanity. And I don't think humanity, humanity is, is creative. It's inspirational. It's, it's, it's about connecting on an emotional level. And by just putting them into a box and labeling them, that's actually um, the, not, that's very destructive, I think. And especially to developing minds because they're being trained neurologically to do this. Um, so, yeah. Is there any way to put that transhumanism AI genie back in the bottle? Well, yeah, because we don't have to consume it. Um, and it goes back, I mean, I read a book, great book about David Icke years ago, and, it, and it's the tiptoe effect. And you start off like phones, for example, was designed to get people addicted to holdable technology. Then it was about wearable technology, which is the smart watches, the Google glasses, et cetera. And then that's the next step is going to be the implant, as we know. Um, so it's all about, you can't just go from A to Z, you need to go from all the other letters. And you know that's why they roll out um, things step by step, get people used to the phones and they get used to it, then they get used to the wearables, then they get involved, they get used to the implants. And we're already seeing that in Europe. I don't know about the States. I, I did see in New York some people that are getting chips now voluntarily as part of trials. Um, sorry, as part of trials um, to obviously open doors with and um, pay contactless payments through the chip and stuff like that. So if we look at, so is the genie out of the bottle? Good question. Um, we have to reject it as a, on, on mass to, 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 to put it back in. Um, this be under no illusions, it's going to be very difficult. Um, however, we are sovereign beings, so we do have the sovereign right to make those decisions. And if we go back to our previous uh, thing we were talking about with, with common law and the constitution, we are sovereign beings, we are not cogs in a machine that they're trying to make us into. So for me, I think, we, yes, but we do need to resist and we need to, to step that up. Um, and doing it, in, that's why I go back to, again, doing it in your community creates the, the ripple effect, which will go nationally and then internationally. But it has to start with individuals taking responsibility. Okay, this is, it brings up another point in the social dilemma. You really got to watch the social dilemma. One of the major points that it makes is that the, the addiction on purpose and how we are so addicted that you can't walk by your phone without turning it on and seeing if there's something that's going to give you a little dopamine hit. And they know that if you, if someone just likes one of your posts, you get that little boost and they know how to keep that coming. And so they've addicted us to our phones, every single one of us. And imagine having that in your body. Imagine having that chip to where you can't even set it down and say, I'm going to go a week of a detox, I'm, you know, if it's in your body, 
I don't need, I can't even imagine. So we do have well, to it resist is, yeah. it. No, it, it, it is a drug, like you say. And it's, it, again, if you do the research, like uh, one of the things I researched, behavior studies was the Tavistock Institute and how that's feeding cultural Marxism as well. But more importantly, the, not the chemicals in the brain. So we know that uh, social media like increases the dopamine in the brain. Now, if you're getting dopamine constantly from um, likes on Instagram, then you know, you're going to be wanting more likes. And if you're not getting those likes, you're going to be depressed. Hence the reason why the mental health issues, especially in the Western world, developed nations is through the roof because people, if they're not getting attention on social media, they're getting depressed, they're taking, and that's, that's very good for the, um, the pharmaceutical companies because obviously they're getting dependent on, on medications and antidepressants, which never cure depression. It's all about the self-work, but they try and just cure everything with a pill, get people hooked on, so they get hooked from, social media likes they get depressed and they get so hooked on so um antidepressant drugs so something has to give and something needs to break this cycle and it, it's it's a vicious circle but it can be broken but you've got to chop the links off and the like i said the it's that if if, if you stop people getting addicted to social media then you'll stop people getting addicted to antidepressants it's a clear link there and a clear correlation um but it's important that we we do that and it's about education again. It's about you know screen time for kids and stuff like that. But it goes back to your another point you made earlier in the conversation, which is the porn industry. Again, it's proven that uh, it releases dopamine in the brain, and so again, people aren't having functional relationships with the other opposite sex because they're addicted to a screen or a fantasy that they they try and replicate in real life, and it's not it's not real or practical. And so people are becoming we're becoming um, or people are becoming dysfunctional and um, socially awkward, if you like. And that's, and kids are seeing that, and then they're getting told in school to be compliant. So when they get older, they're going to just fit in very, very nicely to this agenda. And unless it's it's down to us adults that are awake and can and actually empowered to do things. Because by the way, there's because there's a lot of truth. I mean, there's a lot of people that are awake, but they have cognitive dissonance where they are so depressed because they're seeing the truth information. So that's again why I'm not going back to hats again. But one of the reasons why hats are so good for people is because it gives people a sense that. They're not alone, and, and we've all been on that journey. Whereas, so we don't get stuck in that loop, well, the world's really bad, so I just give up. We need to then, you got the information, you're awake, let's do something with that. Because if we don't, as I say, the children will be indoctrinated in schools to just fit in and become very compliant adults, as they want them to be. And there's a clear link, and I'll just quickly make this point, that between autism and the vaccine. So, and again, one of the reasons why there's more autism is because that's a planned agenda, because again, in an AI agenda world, autistic people will fare better because that's the, how their brain chemistry is working generally. So if you have autistic people in, an, in, a, in a very rigid system, they tend to fare better because they, it makes sense to them. And so that's why we've had autism through the room. We've opened up so many cans of worms today, Stephen. And um, if this interests people, if you want to know more about the truth and, and getting back to our roots and putting big fat genies back in bottles and being human, being human, going into the future and making sure our grandchildren are human. Um, I, where else can they find hats? So what I was going to say is you can join Telegram if you haven't and find hats, H-A-T-S. And is it, it it's, it's H period, A period, T period, S period, right? 
Yes, yeah, so h.a.t.s, and then that will leave you to the group, which was about 13,000 people. And then we've got uh, a channel called Hats Truth, all one, no spaces, uh, which has about 21,000 people. But we post news and, and updates and lifestyle things on there. We've also got a website coming up and a, and a YouTube channel coming up as well. But um, right now, those are the two uh, places to go and find us. And um, yeah, more the merrier. Um, it's great to see it growing, but it's also great to see the people empowered and growing with it. It's not about hats. It's about the community that we're bringing in and hatters across the world and the team of people that I have that I'm so lucky to have. Well, it's uh, the community that makes people feel better. Uh, I found physical community with other truth-seeking freedom lovers oh, God, yeah. a few months ago and we've been getting together and obviously no one wears a mask and no one would consider injecting themselves with something that is genetically modifying at all no one so the so we get together and it has put my entire being deep down into my bones and my soul at ease to, to know that, oh, that I've got this community absolutely wonderful and it's so great to there's a voice chat that we have on hats which really um allows people to express themselves and and, and everyone can be heard and, and some people just like i've heard people cry on there because no one listens to me in the real no one listens to me in you know the street or where i'm at work or you know my partner's not listening to me and it's becoming overwhelming but just having a voice is just so healing for me and it's just wonderful to see that and it's just it's just so empowering and great and um the more of that we can do, then I think that's going to just raise the, the positive vibrations on the planet, hopefully, and we're playing a role in that. And that's great. And hopefully it will manifest into something great. And even the protest just uh, that we I'm involved in and help organize as well, that just by being there amongst people that are like minded and, and get it and understand what's going on, it's just it just gives people such a, it's almost like a, a it's like a really nice feeling that I'm not alone. And I think a lot of people have felt like that. We've all felt like that when I was waking up years ago and even until recently, I didn't have a community that I could talk to. And I just had books and videos on YouTube. I didn't have or couldn't find a community that could understand me. And my family wouldn't listen to me. And, but by having this community, it's really inspired a lot of people to, to get their confidence again. And then we can do things. So, yeah. Well, so in my channel on telegram is freedom junkie radio and freedom junkie radio chat. And if you follow a few of those things like hats, when people post things from other channels and you recognize you would like that channel, it's really easy to find other channels and click on them that you would like them to follow. I follow too many and I have way too, I have to, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Um, but I can just go on there for a few minutes and have an idea of what's going on because a lot of it is cross pollinated. And um, then on my website, freedomjunkyradio.com, we are just about to put up the get involved tab, which is going to help people to have their know your rights study groups and help people start those all over the world. And those are just so powerful and amazing. And so I, I would recommend getting on telegram and following hats and freedom junkie radio, and then seeing where that goes from there. Cause you're not alone. I'd like to say as well, Betsy, that you're doing a terrific job with freedom radio junkie freedom radio it's um it's a great website it's great that you're uh, also giving people a voice to speak and um you know, you're already empowering people and, and definitely check out her channel on telegram awesome um yeah check that out 
Well, if there were anything else you could say, Stephen, that that might help to change the world, what would it be? I'd say go be positive in yourself. Feel the feel the energy of um, power to do good things in the world, and love each other. There you go. That's basically what it comes down to. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing, Stephen. I look forward to having you on again in the future. If there's ever anything that you want to share, just let me know. Um, you know how to reach Stephen. You know how to reach me. And so leave comments, like, subscribe, share, tell your friends and blessings to everybody to all of the freedom warriors out there, the Freedom Junkie tribe, these high vibe individuals, thank you. Thanks. Till we meet again, be free. Be free. I live better than a king ever did. I live better than a king.